stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. This week, I'm joined by Zach's senior strategist and the editor of Zach's Taser newsletter, Kevin Cook, to discuss what is a hot topic out there. Um, I've seen it all over Twitter. It's on stock tweets. Some of the stocks are pretty hot. And the industry is also hot. And it's gold. This is my first ever podcast on gold. We've done Bitcoin, Kevin. I've done that a couple times. But this is gold's chance. It's it's day in the sun, so to speak, here um, on the market edge. And I don't know. Do you you don't own any gold stocks in your Zach's portfolios, do you? No. Okay. And I don't either in my value investor or the insider trader, which also kind of says something, because if I'm going to see it anywhere, I'm going to see it in the insider trader, most likely. Oh, so you've never seen any miners? No, not yet. Wow. Yeah. And they all have pretty good ranks because I took a look at this and the Zacks industry for gold mining is in the top 4% of all Zacks industries, which is like... You know, that's that's pretty high up there. That's basically among the best. That's the best, basically. And what that means is when the Zacks industry ranks that high um, in the top percentages of all the industries is that the estimates are being adjusted higher. And a lot of them are Zacks like ones and twos, basically, because that's the strong buy and the, and the buys because those estimates are being adjusted higher. And why are they being adjusted higher? Because gold is at... New six-year highs. I think it's up about twenty percent year to date now. Mm-hmm. And so, if you know, if you're mining it and you're either not hedged or not hedged a lot, and the price keeps going up, you're you're probably gonna get it. You know, be able to sell it for a lot more. So those earnings are are looking a little bit better for the gold miners right here. But I've talked about this in the past, Kevin, that I have owned gold mining stocks and I did buy some of them and the gold ETF when that launched in 2004, because during the housing bubble, I really did think we would see some kind of big inflationary play and um, gold was out of favor. It was, you know, pretty cheap at the time. So I did... Uh, read Jim Rogers' good book on commodities Uh that he wrote around that time. I think it was like 2003, maybe 2004. And then they launched the gold ETF in 2004. That's the the one most people use. That's the GLD with that ticker. And so I owned it all through the financial crisis. And then I, I bought some of the weird little gold miners. I shouldn't say weird, but, um, ones, the more obscure ones. I wasn't owning like the new months or those at the time um, after the financial crisis, I bought this one called B2 Gold and it's BTG, it's Canadian. And then it went nowhere and then it sank as the rest of the market, you know, really recovered there. So like around 2012, 2013, it was going nowhere, but it, it was under like a $2 stock. I think it went as low as like 80 cents or something. And so I was like, man, I own a small percentage of this. I'll just stay in it. Cause it like, why not? And then recently earlier this year, when it got back up to basically what was my break even, which was like around like $3, I think it was. Then I was, I was like, I'm out of here because for those six years I, I got nothing because it does not pay a dividend. And 
I barely was back to break even. So now I know everybody's like, but Tracy, it's doing so much better now. You got out too early. I know they're saying that, right? Um, So I did look and it's up 25% year to date over the five years now, but I owned it for six over five years. It's now beating the S and P 500 during that period, 73% to 47%. But a lot of that is because of this year's bigger breakout. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, no dividends. So I got nothing from my patients of holding it all that time. And so I consider it to be kind of a bust and I, I have no regrets of selling it. I did take that money and put it into something I felt like could do a lot better as an investment for me. And I feel like Kevin, that these questions aren't really being asked right now (laughs) in the gold for the people who are all excited and are getting in and they, they want to buy like any miner they can. Um, And then there's the question, which we will go over. I feel like if someone is going to try to invest in this area, do they buy the miners? Do they buy just the indexes? There's those inverse, you know, the three times bull things. I'm going to talk a little bit about those (laughs) because I think people get, you know, if they're going to get into it, I know, and we know that they're all looking at those three time bullish ones. Cause why wouldn't you right right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, Kevin, what do you, what's your view on, on gold right here? Uh, <laughs> well, we should, uh, we should cl- clarify that I am essentially a fundamental gold bear. Okay. Meaning I, you hate it at all times. Yes. Basically. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good. I, I wouldn't say hate, and Dislike. I and I have traded it. Okay. All right, and and to give you some background, in 2009, I was on CNBC with uh, Maria Bartiromo, and gold was trading about 1,150 bucks, and this is this is uh, 2009. This was the start of QE, right? Quantitative right. easing for for the U.S. Anyway, Japan had been doing it for a long time, but we're now we're printing we're buying bonds. With money that didn't exist before, so, so that should have been bullish for gold. Oh well, it was. Yeah, for yeah. a little while. Yeah. So um, I was on her show on, on the closing bell, and you know the question was was put. You know, what's possible here? And I said, well, if we print all this money, you know, and Europe was doing it because they're going into their crisis, we're doing it coming out of our crisis, then the price of gold will rise in some relationship and it could rise dramatically. And, you know, one of the figures was if, if gold is going to catch up with the money supply, gold could go to 2000. Right. And I said, at the time I said, I'm not predicting that it's going to go to 2000, uh, you know, right away. But if the hype among investors becomes such that they view it gold is a monetary phenomenon right. and then it has to counter the printing of money you know it could very well go there and in 2 years we got to um just over 1900 right it got close yeah but then after that um i became a gold bear and i didn't short it i i, I picked different spots to short it um but i have 3 maybe 4 fundamental arguments against investing okay. in gold that are all coming from different places. Yeah, okay. And the first one is that fiat central banking, where a bank can just print money and it's not tied to gold, um, it's here to stay. 
whether you like it or not. Okay. Right. I mean, look at the economies that we've built on it. Right. Yeah. The the you know the the European currency is only uh, twenty years old, but it's a success. The euro. Yeah. And it's built on fiat banking. It's not built on gold. Um. And the U.S. dollar and this economy, this you know massive economy, it's built on fiat banking. You you know so. To think that you're going to go back to a gold standard is just crazy talk. You know, that's that that's like flat earth, <laughs> the moon landing never happened kind of talk. I mean, that's that's where you're going when you talk about going back to the gold standard. It's not going to happen. Okay. Just, so let's just be clear about that. Fiat central banking is working. It's working for the banks. It's working for the, the electronic payment systems. Look at all the companies we invest in that ha- have risen up in the electronics payments world. You know, not just Visa and MasterCard. You know, but Square and and, uh, yeah, and apps on your phone, yeah, and PayPal. Um, okay, so that's argument one. Fiat, okay. Fiat central banking is here to stay. We're not going back to the gold standard. The second argument from a completely different place is technology drives economics. Okay, and this has been true throughout history. Technology drives economics. Innovation is what's creating, you know, massive wealth. You know, at, at scales that you you know are hard to measure sometimes. Everything from, obviously, the microprocessor, you know, computer chips, um, uh, to innovations in materials. You know, what we can do with transportation. Uh, the the little computer, the I call it little, but your phone is little, but it's a massive computer compared to anything that was available twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so so so. Technology innovation is what's driving wealth creation, and it's also driving something we don't like, and that's uh, the demise of manufacturing jobs. Right. Right. Because in a global economy, when you break, when you have free trade and you break down trade barriers, technology and capital are going to flow across those borders, and that's exactly what's happening. So, um, you know, I, uh, over yesterday was Labor Day. Uh, I watched a video presentation by economist uh, Robert Reich where, you know, he's talking about the demise of labor unions. And and I'm going to talk about this later today in my podcast, too. I'll get into it deeper. But uh, this idea that um, labor unions, you know, have become less important, you know, only 10 percent of workers are in them. And now it tends to be more service, you know, like education and things like that and and hospitals Um, that somehow that's. That's the result of poor economics in this country. And it's not. It's it's that, you know, Detroit lost the game temporarily there because it was easier to, you know, manufacture a car elsewhere and pay somebody a lot less money. So, so your argument against gold then is that there won't be inflation. It sounds like you're saying uh, that there... it's more, you know, there's deflation possibly or stagflation. So why own gold? Uh, even if there is inflation, I say don't own gold. So, okay. <laughs> so, I, so I do. I do have an argument about inflation, but but okay. right now, I mean, just think about what what is moving ten times faster than anything to do with gold. It's technology innovation. It, For it's, sure. You know, it's the it's your uh, mobile device. It's the internet. It's um, uh, you know the the coming dawn of big data and AI information systems. I mean they're already here, but but they're going to keep getting smarter. Um, you know, 
uh, Moore's law, which I'm sure you are familiar with, was that um, you know the guy from Intel was that chips would um, double in power and shrink by half every 18 months, and that was pretty accurate for a long time from, yeah. from the 60s when that prediction was made into the 2000s. It was it was pretty much a 45 degree angle of of um, you know of power. Well, it started to, started to level off that growth rate. Like they were still shrinking chips and giving you more power, but right. but the rate was slowing down. Well, then along comes Nvidia with their parallel processing chips, which you know they can miniaturize into you know you can hold twenty one billion of them in one hand, and um, they basically reinvented Moore's law. So that they were going to, I mean, this is the prediction from Jensen Wong at NVIDIA is that they're going to accelerate Moore's law because they're going to keep shrinking and keep multiplying the power. And I told you about this company last week. Cerebrus is a private company that just made a chip with over one trillion transistors. Wow. So it's like, you know, it's like 64 of these things that Jensen Wong puts together in a box to create. Right to create AI now they've they've got it on a big wafer, um, so just amazing things are happening there. Okay, so now to the inflation argument. Okay, is this number three then? No, so number three okay. is don't fight inflation with gold. Okay, and the reason is I, I I was a currency trader for over ten years, and I always said like you're going to use gold to to fight inflation just just trade the euro, like the dollar <laughs> the dollar is not collapsing. What is the dollar? I mean, interest rates are low, but what has the dollar done? It's only gotten stronger. And we'll talk, we should talk about some of the factors that have driven this 20% rise in gold. I think people should understand that it has a lot to do with interest rates dropping, going negative in some places. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not really about inflation right now. Okay. So, so back to the, the anti inflation argument why you don't use gold to hedge inflation. I used to say, just trade the euro. Now, you know, and that that was 15 years ago. Here at Zacks, as I become a better investor and research analyst on stocks, I say just buy stocks. I mean, stocks are the best way to beat inflation over the long run. You, you, if you, if you, um, if you complain about oh, interest rates are so low, I can't make any money in my bonds or my fixed income. Well, <laughs> you right. shouldn't have all your money in bonds or fixed income. Right. I mean, I mean, if you get to a point where retirement and you want to be liquid and you don't want to have any money at risk, you know, um, and you know what you need to live on for the next 20 years that you might live to be a hundred or whatever, then fine. Yeah. Go to bonds, go to safety, uh, go to cash. But, uh, but until you're at that point, it's stocks, baby. That's the way to beat inflation. And you're all, and you're going to crush inflation. Um, you know, over long periods, maybe not every year, right? But in a bull market like this, you know, ninety percent of the time you're going to crush inflation by owning equities, even if you just own, you know, uh, an, an index fund, right? right? Right. Okay. Okay. So, so I, we've got to make sure people understand that why has gold jumped here? It's because the Fed. I mean, a year ago, exactly a year ago. The Fed was hawkish. They were getting ready to. They were going to yeah. raise rates five more times. They were going to raise the right. Fed funds rate. It's it hard was, was going to be up to th- nearly three percent. Yeah. Um, and then we had, you know, not only a stock market 
collapse or mini crash correction in Q4, but the the credit market sort of tightened up. I don't want to say they seized up. They didn't right. stop working, yeah. but there was this panic in the credit markets, and so the Fed backed off. And the next thing we know, the Fed is cutting rates, and they might cut rates again. So this whole shift of Europe's going to negative rates, uh, I think Denmark has negative rate, negative interest rate mortgages. Um, China is slowing. The U.S. is going to take Fed funds down to 2% or lower. This is what's driving gold. Okay. And uh, and I don't think it will last. It's not – you don't want to be buying gold um, up at 1500 at and holding that back. And and if you do, I mean, even the big advocates of buying gold, like let's say um, let's say you see a strategist from State Street who is the sponsor for the GLD, even they're going to tell you um, maybe just 5% of your assets. Like right. they're not telling Very you <laughs> you're not going to get rich in gold. Just... Well, this is the thing I've been hearing. People are like, oh, I've sold all my stocks and I put it all into gold. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's like nuts to me. And, and that trade might work. Over a two-month, six-month period, but it's not the way to manage your money. Right. It's not, it's not the way to invest. And I feel like investors and traders even are getting pulled into, well, there is a trade in the gold stocks for sure right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And investors are getting pulled into that because the returns um, haven't been that great this year. I mean, we got the bounce off of the sell-off last year. But they're looking to outperform and they keep seeing these articles like, oh, such and such a gold stock is up 50 yeah. percent year to date. And yeah. they, they are chasing the returns now because I took a look at a couple of of the bigger gold stocks. Well, that's like getting pulled into Bitcoin. It was the same thing. Yeah. We, we just had this crazy thing in Bitcoin. Right. It's funny. What did Bitcoin, it's happening again. What did Bitcoin get up to? Bitcoin got up to 19,000, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And gold got up to 1900. Right. Interesting. Um, so I took a look at a couple of the big names. So like Barrick, I actually, when I looked at the industry, I was like trying to remember all the big names and everything from back in the day, because I did used to cover a lot of these here at Zach's, you know, around the financial crisis when gold was soaring, then, then the earnings looked better for a lot of the big miners. So I was familiar. I could like whip out those gold names uh-huh. left and right. And there has been some consolidation in the industry too. I think a couple of the big names are gone now. But I looked at Barrick, which is ticker G-O-L-D. Easy to remember with that one. And they're up 44.9% year to date so far. Anglo Gold was another big one I used to write on. AU is a ticker there. They're up 84% year to date. Mm-hmm. And then Royal Gold, which I have written on here at Zach's just recently, in fact, for my bull of the day, Royal Gold is RGLD. They're not a miner. They buy the metal streams and the royalty rights. So everybody else is doing the mining. They own whatever comes in. I like that concept a lot better if I have to own one of these. And that's up 60%. It's sort of like a midstream energy company. You know, that places themselves somewhere in the stream and Yeah, but and, they're just they have contracts. So they have yeah. forty providers and you know, they go dig it out and then they get the proceeds mm-hmm. basically. So um yeah, I like that a lot. Those the earnings are on the move higher, but they're trading at fifty two times now. And they pay a dividend because they'll pay out what comes in, kinda like a REIT. Okay. But right now, because the stock has soared so much, their dividend yield is only 0.8%, so not even so great. But Oh, oh and you say dividend. I left out one part of the, you know, gold is rallied because interest rates are low. People might say, 
well, so what? What does it have to do? Well, because if you want to invest in gold, you have to store it and possibly insure it. You have to pay somebody. Right. Physical gold That's the other sits thing. in a vault. You have to pay somebody to store that for you. So there's always a storage cost or an, yeah. or an interest cost. The the GLD, um, I'm not sure what the expense ratio is now, but the GLD. It's 0.4 now. Oh, okay. So it's it's not. It's not a, that bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. But still, that that's why GLD in its lifetime is not tracking where gold is. Like I'm looking right. at, I'm looking at the gold futures right now. They're trading $1550 and mm-hmm. and GLD is not tracking it, you know, exactly 10%. Right. GLD is only trading 1450. That's how much value it's lost over time. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's another thing to keep in mind. So, people are jumping into these gold miners thinking it's going to track, you know, exactly what gold is yeah. doing, which it, right now it just happens to be because no one was in these stocks even, you know, a year ago, as you were commenting. So now everybody's diving in. So they're soaring and all of that. But I mean, you if you're a miner, you have to get it out of the ground. Yeah, like, you have fixed costs. Yeah, you have <laughs> a lot of things can go wrong, even weather related. You can have labor strikes. This happens. You can be shut down by governments over, you know, environmental issues. Like I've had all that happen when I've owned these miners. Mm-hmm. So I just like to caution people out there thinking that owning the miners is the way to go is that it has risks. You could say that an average cost, roughly, for a lot of miners is between $700 and $800 per ounce. Yeah. To you know, to get you that finished ounce of gold costs them, say, $750. Now, some miners have lower costs, and so you favor them. Right. The other element, which you you sort of mentioned in the beginning, is you don't know how much anyone has hedged. Right. If they, they use the futures contracts to sell forward to lock in a price. So right now, you could have gold miners... Um, like, hey, look at that fifteen fifty. I can sell gold December futures for fifteen fifty. Well, if they already sold this year's production right. at uh, thirteen fifty, yeah, thirteen fifty <laughs> six or uh, months or they a year ago, not. then they're yeah they're locked in. They're not making any new money off the rise in gold prices, right? Which is something that everyone who's looking at any of these stocks needs to find mm-hmm. out before they buy in any of them. So that leaves me. With the other side of the coin, why not just buy the GLD because you are buying the physical? But, of course, it's not going to be up as much. So year-to-date, that one is up only 11.1%, but that's as of July 31st because I was looking at their prospectus mm-hmm. on it. And then five-year, they're up one7 That's <laughs> exactly, it. Yeah. And you know what? It, for a large portfolio, let's say you know a large manager, he's managing ten billion or a right. hundred billion. He may put that's fine yeah, to, yeah. to them. It's like, oh, that gave us balance in our portfolio because right. right. we had all this risk over here, right. and we didn't want to be in cash. So right. only, owning gold was fine for us. Yeah, you know, I forgot one other sector. I, when I talk about technology innovation, I'm talking about computer chips and materials and the mobile phone and you know fracking and energy. I left out biotech. Okay. You know, we're in the we're in the yeah. beginning stages of a genomic revolution here, and so um, just like I wouldn't tell everybody to rush out and buy biotech stocks, you know that that's the way I look at gold too. It's like you know you don't rush out and put half your portfolio in biotech stocks, and believe right. me, I know from experience <laughs> you don't do that. Right. But um, but but having some money exposed to the biotech revolution. Um, in the genomics right. revolution, I just profiled uh, a, a new ETF this weekend from a fund family called Arc Invest, Arc Investments, 
and they they have like you know how we have the innovator innovators portfolios here. Yeah. Like I run healthcare innovators. Right. Brian Boland was runs technology innovators. Um, they have some ETFs built around the technology innovation concept and they have one that's focused on genomics and it's so it owns some of my favorite companies in you know genomics and diagnostics and sequencing and what are the do you know the ticker on that one um arc g a r k g okay yeah and so they and they own the they group together the CRISPR stocks with the genomic sequencing stocks so so it's a you know very select area of biotech that's going to capitalize on our knowledge of the genome as it grows. So to me, I'd rather see somebody buy ARC-G, that ETF, than GLD. Uh, right. This I is, would, anybody. Yeah. I don't yeah. care who you, who you are, how old you are. If you have 5% of your portfolio available, put it in ARC-G, and it will, it will outpace GLD over the next five yeah. years. I can't guarantee it. You can hunt me down if I'm wrong, but... That's yeah, my recommendation. GLD is like buying gold is is the old school, you know? It's not where as you said the innovation is being made. It's it's really old school. Well, gold? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean how it was uh let's say it was 80 years ago that John Maynard Keynes called it the barbarous relic. Right. Now, right. he was a little bit ahead of his time he was. and he's had to eat some crow since then, but he, but he saw where modern finance was going. Yeah. Um, and he saw, you know, that the gold standards were going to continue to get disrupted by modern finance. Okay. Now I do want to talk about the leveraged gold, the ETFs and the ETNs, because I know a lot of people are yeah. into these. Now we're too. moving we're moving further into the spectrum of things you don't want to touch. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to cover them because I know people are into these. So this is for professional traders only. Right. Basically the and they even say that now they warn about that. So the first one I found was Velocity Shares three times long gold ETN. It's ticker UGLD. And right there, Velocity Shares kind of tells you, because that's who runs it, that it's going to have a lot of velocity yeah. on this one. And they do give a warning. They say that it's a daily trading tool for sophisticated investors. Right. And you you shouldn't be buying these to own yeah. for like months. Yeah. Any any anything that's leveraged is usually um a three or four times removed derivative. So you're trading a derivative of a derivative of a derivative because these um not only are they leveraged but they have to use different um swaps and futures and other instruments. Right. To grow. Now, I'll tell you about a professional who is trading UGLD and that's our own Jeremy Mullen. Okay. And he's made money on it. Right. But he's a professional trader. Right. He knows when to get in. Yes. He has a rough idea of when he wants to get out. Right. And and he knows what kind of risk he can take where he knows how to get out quickly if things turn against him. Yeah. Is that in the Counter-Strike? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he runs the Counter-Strike newsletter here. And I did see that he's he's been in gold and making some trades there. But he's not in the Direxion three times gold miner ETF. <laughs> That's a popular is that, one too. Is that nugget? That's Nugget. And UGT. Um, yes, yeah. you knew that one. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, I've um, it. <laughs> yeah. So, but that year to date, even though again, you're not supposed to hold it for months on end, year to date, it's up 147% yeah. now. And it, wor- it works great in a trend. We, right. Yeah. And that's why everybody's jumping into it. But um, And they will soon get very chopped up because once the thing yeah, starts to consolidate and go sideways, 
they'll the their emotions will have them. Oh, I gotta buy it here. It's rallying. Oh, I gotta sell. I'm down twenty dollars today. Yeah, you know, it'll it'll whip around like crazy. Yeah, I took a look at the top holdings with this one. They are Newmont, Barrick, Newcrest, and Franco, Nevada. There's some names in there I don't know. Franco. Um, so yeah, like these seem only for traders and only if you know what you're doing. Otherwise, people should be looking at least just at the GLD if they're interested in getting into it. But I sold mine. I, I do own an old mutual fund that I had in one of my retirement portfolios from back in the day, from 2009, 2010. I've not put any new money into that for years, but again, it's a small percentage. And I was like, man, I'll just put, leave it in as like a little mini hedge thing against everything else. But yeah, I'm not adding yeah. to it. And I should comment on one other aspect of the allure of gold. It, and especially for, you know, people say from my parents' generation, yeah. my parents are in their 80s. You know, it's that it that old-fashioned allure, it seems like it's real money because it was right. money when you were growing up. So then it seems like, oh, that's real money. People own the coins a yeah. lot too. So they, you know, yeah, you see the ads on TV yeah. like, watch out, you know, you never know what's going to happen right. with those bankers on Wall Street. So you better get some gold and silver coins right. and, and stock them away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the idea of hard currency. Right. But again, I think it's I think it's a barbarous relic, and um, and people can make do so much better investing right. in equities. Right. Just you know, there's so many great companies out there that are like as you said, innovating and growing, and that's the future you want to bet on. Not you know, I don't know what you're betting on with gold at the moment, but right. Well, I do know a yeah. lot of it's Armageddon yeah. and, and exactly. you know, we're burying it out in our yeah. backyard and all that stuff. It's the hedge against collapse. Right. Um, not to mention, if you do buy any of the bars, like it is, they, you know, those weigh a lot. Mm -hmm. You're not exactly moving them around. Right. So if there, where do you, yeah, if there them? is some type of collapse again, you know, and you need to get out of town, yeah, how are you going to move your gold? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's where the coins come in because they're a little bit easier to yeah. manage. <laughs> um, I do kind of always look when gold starts surging at whether or not the gold stores come back. Because remember around the financial crisis, yeah, suddenly yeah. there were gold stores that were like taking over like former gas stations and things here in the Chicago area for sure. And then those closed down, I noticed, because once gold was not going up, nobody was selling their gold jewelry anymore or anything. And the job market improved and all the stuff. We didn't need to do it. And so I am kind of keeping an eye opening, you know, open on to see if any of that kind of returns or if we start seeing, you know, gold 10,000 like ads on CNBC, things like <laughs> that. will be Tell me what the mindset is. But again, like, we, you know, just cautionary that a lot of people seem to be chasing, chasing the chart here. So, yeah. And, and does it get back to the old highs above 1900? Maybe. Right? I don't think so. No, you don't? No. Okay. Um, and I, Cause I, I also don't think that us rates are going to go negative. You know, I think, okay. I think the fed, um, I, I, I don't see the recession, you okay. know? So, and until you see the recession, I mean, maybe the fed's going to go to 2% here. Um, Okay. But uh, we'll I think see. I think the stock market's going to make new highs long before 
gold, gold does. ever gets to 1800 Okay. You heard it here. That's our <laughs> prediction here. Okay. Let's recap the stocks I talked about. So there was a B2 gold. I've recounted this story a couple times now. BTG is the ticker there if you want to go check out what it's doing now. Then Royal Gold, they did the streams and the royalties, RGLD. We had a couple of the gold miners, um, Ashanti. Uh, Anglo Gold, sorry, Anglo Gold, AU, and Barrick is G-O-L-D. Then the Spider Gold ETF, which has been around since 2004, and it invests in physical metal, is GLD. And then we had the um, three times uh, leverage with just the gold is U-G-L-D. And then with the gold miners is the nugget N-U-G-T. And then we mentioned, what is it? It's the biogenome something or other. Oh, <laughs> what oh. was that one? The ETF? Oh, uh, Arc, the ARC one. ARC Genomics. Okay, ARC Genomics. genomics we mentioned that one. The if genomics you... Revolution ETF. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a good name. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in actually betting on the future, you might want to take a look at that one. Yeah, in my in my healthcare innovators, I tell people, I'll, I'll write reports about genomics or CRISPR or whatever yeah. all the time. And I'll say, I tell everyone, you're watching a revolution live. Right. This re- revolution in genomics and gene editing, yeah. you're watching it live. It's happening now. But to my subscribers, my followers, I say, you're not just watching it. You're in it. In you're it. investing yeah. in it. We don't just sit and watch. We're actually you know, part of this movement. Right. That's exciting. And that ticker again is ARKG. Mm-hmm. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're going to be covering... Um, whether or not we're going to be in a recession again, we're having John Blank on here live in the studio. Yeah. It's been a couple months since he and I discussed the recession again. We've done this show. recession probability. (laughs) Right. We've discussed it many times now. I want to say over the last like two years, but we're, we're going to have him back on again because some of those recession bulls are that, is that what they're called? Are you a recession bull? Uh, who who yeah. cheers that on? Nobody, really. Yeah, nobody. What would you call them? I don't know. The, the Those who are saying we're going to have a recession imminently. Um, or there are people who, th- there are many traders and commentators and economists who think we should have one. Like, right. we're already at excess. You know? Right, we're, right. It's already, like, it's already like the year 2000 or the year 2007, right, right. which it's not right. in terms of valuations or excess. Yeah. So we're going to discuss all of that. You don't want to miss a single episode. You can get us on SoundCloud. We're also on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, but be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.